Here's a crew perfectly comfortable using Baylor twine as a belt. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome and happy Friday, everybody. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you this morning. With the dip in the weather taking us back to normal winter temperatures in the middle of the week here, I'm glad to say that things are a bit more comfortable now. For today, we can expect some sunshine with some possible afternoon clouds with a nice warm temperature of 53 degrees. For tomorrow, that temperature continues to climb as we can expect a few clouds early on, but otherwise sunny skies and 61 degrees. Sunday will be a good day to be outside and really enjoy that weather as it'll be even higher. and It'll be 71 degrees with some clouds and sunshine rolling through. So be sure to go out and enjoy these temperatures because I know I sure will be. We'll get more weather details with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, just coming up in a little bit. Also, we'll catch up with PJ Leash, our state entomologist, on a Friday morning about how this crazy winter weather that we're having is impacting our insects. We're going to dive a little deeper on that and then also get a preview of next week's World Champion Cheese Contest and just how big it really is. And I think it's always nice to hear about farmers working to help not only themselves and their operations, but others as well. And the professional dairy producers unveiled their new Your Farm, Your Footprint program that is all about just that. Stick around as you never know what you'll learn along with us. Cheesemakers from around the world are going to be focused in on Madison, Wisconsin next week. Why? Because that's when the World Championship Cheese Contest happens Tuesday through Thursday at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. And I'll tell you what, it's a big one again this year. John Umhafer, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, the folks that guide this event, joins us today. He's actually in Little Shoot right now at Wow Logistics, preparing all of those dairy samples for judging next week in Madison. John, again this year, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic event. Numbers do not disappoint. Right. It is the World Championship Cheese Contest. It's our big one, and we've been doing this since 1957. So we have hit 3,300 and about 20. It's even more than our press release says because people keep bringing them in. (laughs) So, and uh, yeah, coming in from all over the world, and uh, we are now in the sorting phase. Yeah, and that's not an easy feat because we're not just talking about cheese, John. No, we've got cheese, we've got butter, we've got yogurt, we've got dry dairy ingredients. And in cheese, you've got everything from cottage cheese all the way to the hardest cheese, like a Parmigiano-Reggiano from Italy. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. 142 classes. Now, I always like to find out what caught you by surprise. Is it a type of cheese? Is it where it's coming from? Is it a story of how it got to the warehouse for initial staging? What's catching your eye? We have been chatting about some. Our favorite is uh, there's four cheeses coming in from uh, Sri Lanka. Actually, they've arrived. And so those those are cow's milk. So it's not, not an exotic breed or, or type of animal. But uh, the fact that they got here alive and well from Sri Lanka up in the mountains uh, is, is a wonderful story. And they're all over Facebook with uh, their excitement about the, what the judging next week. So... Another one is we're getting uh, a camel milk cheese coming in from Australia, so I think that might be our first camel milk cheese. Hmm. Never ceases to amaze. And there are other species that uh, have in the past entered. I think you had yak milk cheese one year, didn't you? <laughs> We've had yak. I, we made uh, news with donkey milk. Uh, the last two contests we had, there was a donkey milk cheese in the contest. So, yes. Any mammal that milks, we're happy to have them in the cheese. Which begs the question on how you're doing with judges that will offer their palate to evaluate product like that. <laughs> right. 
But we do have Australian judges, and they are aware of this cheese, the camel cheese, so we will uh, employ their services. And uh, the cheese from Sri Lanka is is a fairly typical uh, cow's milk cheese. It's, it's the location that's exotic to us, but uh, for them, they've made uh, a nice uh, semi-soft cheese style that I'm sure many judges will be able to evaluate. So talk to me about uh, the types or styles of cheese that you're seeing, John. I know in the past uh, you had seen a, a real surge up in what I'd call hot cheese. Right. We have many classes. I think we're up to at least six or even nine classes where peppers are involved, both in flavored classes and then in specific pepper classes for, for many types of cheese just booming in the United States. Smoked cheese is booming. And uh, we've got a big new class this year that we added, and that's raclette, which is the melting cheese from Switzerland. And in its first year, we got 50 entries have come in, and we'll be melting that cheese uh, one at a time and having the judges tasting it in the form that it should be eaten. So that's we've got some judges very excited about that. Okay, let's talk about the form that it arrives in. You're shipping cheese from Sri Lanka, from Australia, that's you have to factor in the time and the means by which it travels. Help people understand the investment some of these cheesemakers make just to get their product to the United States, let alone Madison. I think one of the biggest barriers we're seeing now is there is greater and greater attention to food safety, which is a good thing around the world. But that means there's there's greater and greater barriers that uh, companies' hurdles they're crossing to get through FDA regulation, customs regulation. And so they have to sign up with the FDA, as it were, around the world. Your company has to be noted with and report to the FDA if you're going to send cheese to the United States. So hurdles like that uh, exist, but, you know, the contest hasn't really been uh, uh, any lesser or any smaller in entries because of that. So people are getting that job done. And then there's just the logistics of, of keeping it cold and getting it shipped around the world without a single uh, dent or pucker in it. So it, it's expensive, yes. And a lot of them are flown in from around the world. A lot of countries consolidate, like Australia consolidated all of their 60-plus entries into one shipping container. So it, it's amazing logistics, really. And we couldn't do it without the volunteers around the world who are doing all that work that we don't even see. So... And I'm staring at 30 people right in front of me in the warehouse today who all volunteered to open those boxes. And so it's a massive volunteer effort around the world. And tell them about the amazing financial reward that they're going to be presented when they top a class or top the show. I mean, they're, they're literally doing this for the future, not any big payoff day of. Right, right. There's, there's no financial reward except... The marketing is extraordinary for people. It has made companies. It has put companies on the map. Uh, even uh, even when the little French cheese from the Basque region won four years ago, they had to double the size of their factory. These, these stories are always always fun for us to hear. And you'll hear of small companies that win that have to basically they become a year behind on shipments because so many orders come in. And uh, so people do that $75 entry fee with their fingers crossed that it could sell millions of pounds of cheese or millions of dollars worth of cheese in the long run. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. John Omhanford's along with us, Executive Director, Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, really the guiding force of the World uh, Championship Cheese Contest coming to the Monona Terrace Convention Center. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, the logistics. How are you doing as far as judges are concerned, John? And like you mentioned, uh, each one of those judges is kind of invited because of their unique abilities on certain cheeses. And again, compensation, not top of mind for most of them. Right. Again, it's a volunteer effort. These judges are not paid to come here, but they bang on our door to arrive. It's really considered in their world, this is the Super Bowl. This is the Oscars for them. So they they come to us and we have to turn them away. It's a wonderful, wonderful problem we have. We've got 25 countries worth of judges coming and, you know, coming from Ecuador, New Zealand, uh, Spain, Canada, all over the world, Germany, all over Europe. And uh, they're happy to come. We're happy to have them. And they are expert cheese tasters in their nations. A lot of them are cheese buyers and graders for a living. There's a lot of professors that teach food science in the mix. So these these are the best of the best. And there's only a few hundred people we know of that can, can take on this role. And this year we're taking 54 of them to get this done. Well, that is an elite crowd, to say the least. John Umhafer, along with us, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Cheesemakers Association, a busy bunch this week up in Little Shoot, trying to sort through all the entries. Then they'll transport them down to the Monona Terrace Convention Center in Madison for the judging that begins on Tuesday. Follow the action. Go to worldchampioncheese.org. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Farm Bureau offers such diverse and creative ideas for the agriculture industry. And being a dairy farmer, I feel like I fit in and can grow personally and professionally. I was actually just recently nominated and selected as a finalist for the 35 Under 35 program. And to be recognized as a young female in agriculture is truly special. WFBF.com A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDanceVet.com. Innovation. Picture this, you in a company vehicle traveling across the picturesque landscapes of southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois. Your mission, to provide top-notch service and installations of milking equipment. Tri-County Dairy Supply is on the lookout for dynamic service technicians to join their teams in Janesville and Watertown. If you've got experience in farming, electrical work, plumbing, welding, refrigeration, or maintenance, send your resumes to tricountydairy at tds.net or apply in person in Janesville. Must have a valid driver's license. Don't miss this opportunity. At Blaine's Farm and Fleet, we get you what you need because we get you. Which is why during spring chick days, you'll find everything you need to bring baby chicks home and keep them happy and healthy. Like little giant plastic jar feeders or feed and water bases. Buy one, get one half off. Prevent spring flooding with assorted DeWalt sump pumps, $20 off. Plus, knockout projects with two packs of DeWalt 20-volt 4-amp batteries, $129. We get you what you need because we get you at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Pam is the name. 
Farm Speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, after yesterday's cold snap, I'm happy that things are back to the warmer temperatures. And, of course, even more happy that it looks like that'll continue into the weekend so we can all go outside and enjoy it. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you all on this Friday morning. And this morning, we're talking about bugs. Bugs aren't usually showing their face yet this time of year. We know Wisconsin winter. But thanks to the pretty mild winter that we've been having so far, some have been getting active. P.J. Leash, the director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab and state entomologist, who's also known as the Wisconsin Bug Guy, says that if we have an early spring and an extended fall, it would allow insects to have additional generations and make them more prevalent for longer into the year compared to normal. All right, well, apparently we're having some difficulties on our end. I apologize. But basically, P.J. added that while the wild winter that we've been having, it has been helping. We've had some, thank goodness, warmness. But with that, most of our insects usually in the winter are tuckered down. But with these wild, mild weather conditions, they are up and at them. And he said that ticks especially have actually already become active. And he's already gotten quite a few reports from them. So if you are going to be out and about this weekend or maybe taking a hike, be on the lookout. And if you do happen to see some ticks or maybe other insects that you may not normally see this time of year, let us know. You can message us by our talk text line at 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. We'll keep you updated on any changes and what we can expect for insects. And if you want to hear PJ's interview with me, head on over to our podcast. You can find it at thefarmwi.com. As I said, we'll keep you updated on how things are going. But speaking of what's changing, the weather is back up into some warmer temps for us. So let's talk about it. It's time for our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck. Compere Financial is your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. So, Stu, I know I am very happy about these warmer temps being back. And I've got projects that I need to take care of outside. How about you? Do you think it's here to stay? Oh, well, I don't know that I'm going to say it's here to stay, but it's here to stay as we head for this weekend, and there may be some rain early next week. But if you have something to do this weekend, I think Mother Nature is going to cooperate with nice mild air, but strong winds getting quite a bit more windy on towards Sunday and Monday. Keep that one in mind for outdoor jobs, uh, those wind gusts could be pushing up toward 30 and 35 miles per hour on Sunday. Yes, it's a south wind. That's where the mild air builds in. That's when our temperatures really moderate, but it's going to feel pretty windy overall. Let's start off talking today, still about high pressure, but a system trying to push a bit further to our east, a warm front that's ridden north through Wisconsin, leaving us with some sunshine, south winds, even a bit breezy today, but nothing too serious. It just helps us to warm up. There'll be a pretty big temperature difference from the western side to the eastern side of Wisconsin. I mean, temperatures in the east will struggle to be right about 50, especially if you're close to the lake. But in the west, it's mid-50s or even a little bit warmer, and that trend will carry on through the weekend. A lot warmer in the west. The east will catch up, especially with that windy day on Sunday. 
Why that happens is the front does try to drop in out of the northwest. There may actually be some rain and snow off in, oh, say, far northern Minnesota, maybe far northwest Wisconsin. As we look toward late Saturday night or Sunday, not going to affect most of us. We stay dry and look for that mild air. But low pressure will move east along that boundary. The instability it creates as it closes in brings around some chance of rain, especially on towards Sunday night or into the day Monday. In the southern half of the state, maybe even up to a quarter inch of rain a possibility. Could be some localized heavier amounts. We may hear about thunderstorms as we look on toward Monday as that system is going to travel closer to the U.S.-Canadian border, stay off to our north. We're not in for a big deal, but some rain chance as we start toward early next week. Temperatures will, of course, be a bit cooler with clouds and rain and stay somewhat closer to normal as we move on into the mid part of next week as well. So we're not going to stay up in the way high record range, but it is going to stay pretty mild. I'll have forecast details right after this. At Blaine's Farm and Fleet, we get you what you need because we get you. Which is why during spring chick days, you'll find everything you need to bring baby chicks home and keep them happy and healthy. Like little giant plastic jar feeders or feed and water bases. Buy one, get one half off. Prevent spring flooding with assorted DeWalt sump pumps, $20 off. Plus, knockout projects with two packs of DeWalt 20-volt 4-amp batteries, $129. We get you what you need because we get you at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest egg advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you, like I said, on this Friday morning. And we are in the middle of our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. So, Stu, let's hear our weather forecast coming up. Absolutely. That Compure Financial Ag Weather Forecast is for a sunny Friday, sounding pretty fine. I'd say a lot of us around 50, maybe mid-50s in far western Wisconsin, and the south winds 10 to 15 will even gust around 25, so a little breezy today. Skies will become mostly cloudy overnight, kind of a blanket, holds us in the mid-30s. In the south winds 5 to 10, another sunny day Saturday, warming up. A lot of very upper 50s and 60s could even be in the 60s, 64 or so in the west. The south winds about 5 to 15. And then Sunday, mostly sunny, windy. Here's where it gets warm, 70s and maybe some upper 60s in the far east. Those south winds, though, 15 to 25, gusting to 35. Late Saturday night, charity into Sunday, maybe a little rain shower. Could even be a thunderstorm in the south later Monday. So some rain to get us into next week. Well, uh, that'll be good, especially, I mean, I wish I could send some of that rain down south to Texas with all the fires they're dealing with. So I guess we'll keep it. But speaking of fires, make sure everybody do not be, do not please be out there starting fires right now. There is a red warning. So be careful for us and the rest of the world. But once again, that is Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist with our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update on a Friday. Compere Financial is your financial partner, and they are committed to agriculture and rural America. You can find out more about them and find a location near you at Compere.com. Stick around with us as we have more news coming your way. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How would you like to earn some extra cash while contributing to a good cause? Fortria Clinical Trials is currently seeking healthy men ages 18 to 55. You must be available for one stay of eight nights plus seven follow-up visits. Compensation up to $7,354 may be provided for time and participation. Call Fortria today, 608-210-5454, or find out more at fortriaclinicaltrials.com. That's F-O-R-T-R-E-A clinicaltrials.com. When you refer a friend or family member who qualifies for Fortria Clinical Study, you can get paid too. Earn up to $500 per qualified referral. Ready to do your part in helping medicine move forward? For more information, visit FortriaClinicalTrials.com or call 1-866-429-3700. That's 1-866-429-3700. Sometimes it's nice to let the kids have their own space downstairs. It's also pretty awesome to expand that basement into usable living space or entertainment area. Actuate Improvement will transform your basement into a livable area everyone can enjoy. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. You've played Furniture Referee for years. Get your feet off the couch was your favorite call. Today, the house is all yours. Replace that old furniture with heirloom quality Portage Furniture. Name brands with the kind of comfort that invites you to snuggle into it and claim your very own. And with customizable pieces, there's thousands of options to choose from. Experience the difference at Portage Furniture. Proudly located in historic downtown Portage and portagefurniture.com. Your forever furniture. This looks like a car. Has tires. Headlights, a hood. Windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% of the time, this would be a car. But it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Have you ever had an MRI through the hospital where you're crunched inside a scary tube-like tunnel? MH Imaging in Middleton provides the spacious comfort of a completely open design MRI, the most updated concept in MRIs. It's an open MRI, open for everyone, regardless of insurance or doctor affiliation, for a fraction of the cost of a medical system. And the results are available the same day, providing you with answers you need to know now. Visit MHImaging.com. At Denny's Jewelers, we believe hugs never get old. To make sure your next gift purchase is deserving of a big old hug, join our Denny's Cares a Little More list. We help you choose what pieces of jewelry are must-haves, so your partner knows exactly what you like. Then we help make those wishes come true. 
Stop by and wrap your arms around the Denny's Cares a Little More list. And enjoy the hug. Landscapers count on Kalani Topsoil for our consistent quality shredded soil used on major projects. No sticks or rocks to rake out. In fact, it spreads out as smooth as butter and deliveries that are on time every time so the work crew isn't standing around. Now that saves you time and money in the long run. Landscapes and landscapers love Kalani Topsoil. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. KalaniTopsoil.com Now that's good dirt. This is Matt and Pete Gunderson. We recently celebrated the life of Dan, a devoted motorcyclist who enjoyed the freedom of the road with other bikers. His celebration involved a final ride in the saddlebag of his best friend, just the way he wanted. Allow us to personalize every detail of a life well lived. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. And now a break from the Farm Report with Pam Yonke for a sports report. Sport Track projects a four-year, $200 million extension for Jordan Love, including $150 million practically guaranteed. And that's off of, what, one year as a starter. I saw some fans pushing back, Robbie. Like, you know, if you pay a quarterback big money, all of a sudden you're hampering yourself. What say you, obviously a deserved extension for Jordan Love, what say you about uh, a potential four-year, $200 million extension for Jay Love? I mean, evil. It's just the cost of doing business, and 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 you know that. And I and I think, you know, and, and and rightfully so. I understand people get a little too wrapped up in the dollar figure there. Um, so I mean, a, a deal like that would average fifty, and I and I think it's going to be in that range. Um, when when it's all said and done, I actually think the Packers wouldn't mind maybe even getting an extra year on that evil, a five year type of a deal, because then they can backload more of that money. Um, if they need to, like Kansas City did with, with Patrick Mahomes, and it's given the Chiefs, you know, a little bit longer of a window here to keep certain guys uh, other than Tyreek Hill. You know, they kept Chris Jones, for example, longer than, than you would have expected, maybe a Kelsey, people like that. Um, but Evo, I mean, they've got a top 10 quarterback in the league. They, they might have a top five, five or six quarterback in the league. You know, the, the guy did nothing but get better through the course of, of last season. You saw where he was at the midway point. He finished the year, Evo, counting the playoffs with 37 touchdowns, 13 picks, passer rating of almost 99. I mean, numbers that, that blew Aaron Rodgers really out of the water from his first year. Rodgers was 28 and 13, and, and Rodgers, we all felt, was terrific. And, and he got an extension, you know, halfway through that first year. And Evo, at the start of this, when I when I said you don't get stuck on that number of fifty million, here's why: you, what what people really need to do is focus on how much of the salary cap is his contract going to take up. And as we all know, the cap jumped about thirty million last week, uh, thirty million per season. It's two fifty five roughly right now. You know, so if he does come in at that fifty million dollar range, Evo, and again, I I think they will be clever and creative with that. And, and there are ways where he's not going to punish them, certainly immediately against the cap. Um, you know, Evo, that, that, let's even say it does turn out to be $50 million annually, though, in terms of a cap hit. You know, that, that's going to be around 20% of, of what the cap is. And, you know, even, even last year, Evo, David Bakhtiari was counting 15% of your cap. 
for example. So if a quarterback winds up being in that 20% range, um, I, I think you can still get some things done. I mean, think about it, Evo. It's going to leave them $200 million for, for the rest of that roster, right? You know, So when you talk the other 52, they're, and actually, Evo, only your top 51 uh, contracts count against the cap. It, you know, that will leave them on average $4 million a player, which is more than enough, especially when you consider, Evo, how much young talent is on that roster, right? Back-to-back ridiculously good draft classes for Gutekunst, and and the majority of those guys are going to be really cheap labor still for the next two or three years. So, um, Evo, they, they can pay them that amount of money. It shouldn't uh, dramatically kill their cap. You see what they're up to right now. They they did Rashawn Gary, rework Rashawn Gary's contract last week. They did Preston Smith yesterday. They'll move on from Bakhtiari and Devondre Campbell here, I would think, in the next week or two. There's still other contracts that they want. Evo, they can go and, and completely restructure a Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones, for example, a couple of these veterans that they can go and redo and pick up more cap money. But Evo, I, you know, even once they do Jordan Love, and, and that won't be for another couple of months, um, because you, you have to have a year, a one-year waiting period in terms of when you did his last contract, and that came, I want to say, last May. Um, you know, Evo, Evo once, once they get done doing all this, they will still have more than enough to be incredibly active in free agency if they want to. They're, they're in the middle right now, Evo, freeing up a lot of money. I mean, I'm fascinated to see how aggressive Brian Gutekunst is going to be. He, he knows the weaknesses on this team better than anybody um, you saw when he has had money in the past, he will be aggressive. He, he the last time that was, was obviously 2019. Uh, the last, you know, the, then he had a three-year window where he tried to keep that group together for Rogers and he was paying a lot of veterans too much money and he couldn't go out and be active in free agency. Well, now some of that money is freed up Evo, So he will be active. I think in, in free agency and you'll see the Packers sign a safety, sign a linebacker, maybe sign an offensive lineman along the way players like that, people like that. And um, so to sort of go full circle here, Evo, from where we started, yeah. uh, love is going to get that money. And now back to the farm report with Pam Yankee. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest farm report. Good morning, everybody. I'm Charity Stubecker in for farm director, Pam Yankee. Happy to be with you this Friday morning. It's tough to show progress without a starting point or even a scale of measurement. That dilemma has been a roadblock for many, especially those tasked with reducing the environmental impact of milk production. Professional Dairy Producers provides a solution with a new initiative called Your Farm, Your Footprint. We'll have a little bit more on that a little later. But right now, I don't know about you, but I'm enjoying this weather that we're having. It's definitely feeling like spring. So much so that I think... I may have to start doing some spring cleaning this weekend. But for today, we've got some sunshine with some possible afternoon clouds with a nice warm temperature of 53 degrees. For tomorrow, that temperature continues to climb as we can expect a few clouds early on. But otherwise, sunny skies and 61 degrees. Sunday will be a good day to be outside and enjoy the weather as it'll be 71 degrees with some clouds and sunshine rolling through. So be sure to get out and enjoy it. With today being March 1st, it's also National Pig Day. I grew up showing pigs at the county fair, so I always enjoy this day as it gives me a chance to reminisce on those days and the goofy personalities that my pigs have. Speaking of which, did you know that pigs are actually smarter than dogs? I even taught mine how to play tag one year. They're also very clean animals, despite what you may hear. They will not go to the bathroom in the areas that they sleep or eat. 
and they only wallow in the mud when they need to cool off. The more you know, everybody. I don't know about you, but those are some pretty cool facts, I think. I know we just talked about the weather being super nice right now, but we did have a drop earlier in the week. And so my guess is you probably reached for that thermostat. I know we did at our house. But that's where propane thrives, isn't obviously heating homes. But the potential for propane fuel goes beyond that. Stephanie Hoff has the story. In rural Wisconsin, when you hear propane, you may think about heating homes and drying grain because those are a huge part of what propane does. But the Propane Education Research Council, or PERC, is developing some other avenues for this fuel that agriculture is going to want to pay attention to. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, talking with Mike Newland. He's the Director of Agricultural Business Development at PERC, and he tells us what's new in 2024. Some other things that people may not think about would be power generation. Uh, We are doing a tremendous amount of backup power, but also prime power. As electricity continues to rise around the country in rates, we can produce power very efficiently and effectively, cost effectively, with propane directly on the farm. So if you've got an application that you have to have power at the farm, so you most likely already have a backup source of power, When it's time to replace that, think about propane, because I think we can do it more effectively. The really cool thing about our fuel that I don't know that we get a lot of credit for, don't have to contain it. We don't have to have containment uh, dikes. We don't have to worry about fuel, fuel condition. If you're using the diesel for backup power, you've got fuel condition concerns, those types of things. Propane can sit in a tank indefinitely and be ready to run when you're ready, when you need it. So that's a, that's a big advantage if you're looking to move into a new generator, take a look at propane. Uh, something else that's very important, I think for your area especially, we're putting a huge focus on irrigation engines. It's not a new concept to do it with propane. It's becoming bigger and bigger issue. Electricity really dominates that space when you look at the numbers nationally, but those rates are going up and going up considerably. So where I live, I know my rates have gone up 30 to 35% this year. And I think we're in a very economical place when you look at propane irrigation versus electric pumps. So folks in your area, I know do a lot of irrigating on certain crops. We'd encourage everybody to take a look at that when they're looking to change, or if you got a motor replaced, gosh, I think it's a great move just to go to propane. Very cost-effective, very known engines from companies that have been in business for decades. Is this something that's already happening in Wisconsin, or are you trying to start a movement? No, there are irrigation engines in Wisconsin running on propane today. I would say that it's bigger in some other parts of the country than it has been in Wisconsin, and we're just trying to grow the market across the entire country. The southeast, the Mississippi Delta, we dominate that area with propane. It's just a little different business model down there. Some propane companies have really got on board and really driven adoption in those markets. The same thing could happen in uh, in Wisconsin. So, But it's a very simple process to start. We're, we're essentially driving a pump with an engine. Uh, it really doesn't matter whether it's diesel fuel from a technology standpoint, whether it's diesel fuel or propane going, it's the same pump coming off of an engine so we can do it we can do it very effectively the really neat thing is we have local people delivering propane to you in those markets and they can set a tank for you very quickly so from the time that you make the decision uh, engines are available today propane tanks are available today and you can be up and running in very short order it's a very easy process as compared to running electricity into the center of a section or something of that nature 
Is the transition affordable? The equipment, etc. As you look at a propane engine versus a diesel engine, about 30 to 35 percent savings on our engines versus diesel, depending on the model that you select. But we see a, a cheaper entrance into the market and also cheaper operations. So I think you're going to win on both sides of it. As we heard from Mike Newland, the potential for propane is broad. Mike is the Director of Agricultural Business Development with the Propane Education Research Council. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Celebrate our century and sesquicentennial farms across Wisconsin. There is a growing list of farms that have been family owned or operated for over 100 or 150 years. You can find out about them all year long thanks to our friends at Compere Financial. Meet the families, hear their stories, and take a trip down memory lane by logging onto MidwestFarmReport.com. New farms are featured each Friday on our morning show. Celebrate Century and Sesquicentennial Farms with the Midwest Farm Report. We're on mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Welcome back. I'm Charity Seebecker. Happy to be with you this Friday morning. Right now, let's take a look at our markets from Chicago. Cash corn is trading at 418, up two and a quarter. New crop corn is trading at 464 and three quarters, up one and a half cents. Cash soybeans are trading at 1139 and three quarters. That's up 11 and a half cents. And new crop beans are trading at 1141 and a half, up eight and a quarter cents. Cash wheat is trading at 577 and a half. That's up six and a half cents. And new crop wheat is trading at 578 and three quarters, down a half. April Class 3 milk contract is trading at 1711 100 weight. That's down six cents. And May milk is trading at 1755, down 22 cents. Barrel cheese closed yesterday at 165, that's down two cents. 40 pound block cheese closed at 160 and a half, that was down a penny. And the double A butter closed down three and a half cents yesterday at 276 and a half. Now, as we know, it's Friday, which means you don't have to think about what's for dinner or listen to your kids constantly asking. It's Friday fish fry. Yellow perch are traditionally at the center of the plate when it comes to Friday fish fry. But where are they coming from? Pam Yonke has the story. Ah, the Friday night fish fry. It is a staple in Wisconsin. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Pam Yonke. So I thought I'd dive a little deeper to find out about the fish at the center of the plate. For many of us, that's yellow perch. And the popularity of yellow perch for our Friday night fish fry goes back decades. That's according to Tammy Paoli, a fish biologist with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. So yellow perch have a history um, going back for decades where um, for Friday night fish fries, this was the uh, this was the prime fish that people were interested in eating. And Green Bay is unique in that it supports the, the uh, last remaining state licensed commercial fishery for yellow perch in Lake Michigan. There is some tribal harvest that occurs in the northern uh, part of the lake on the Michigan side, but um, Green Bay itself is the last state-run commercial fishery for yellow perch, and um, this is because we, we support a population of yellow perch where we have plenty of perch to go around for both the commercial 
industry and for sport anglers in Green Bay. Didn't we used to have a pretty big population of perch? We did. So um, those of you who have been around and can remember the 1980s and even into the early part of the 1990s, there was a huge population of yellow perch in Green Bay. And even Lake Michigan was doing well at that time. And there's been a lot of invasive species that have come into play. Uh, these are just during my lifetime, of course, in, uh, in the last four or so decades. And that's really changed our ecosystem. Um, so our perch population is, is still present and, and holding strong, um, but it's not quite at the high levels that it was in the 1980s. So how many yellow perch are we harvesting in Wisconsin today, Tammy? Yeah, so right now the total commercial quota is 100,000 pounds. Um, and so we have um, you know, commercial fishermen that are able to harvest yellow perch and sell them in local markets, and they all stay local in Wisconsin. Um, these fish aren't getting shipped off to other states or anything like that. They're all being sold in restaurants and in stores and markets around the uh, you know, northeast Wisconsin uh, area. So they're all staying staying local. Um, there's plenty of fish, yellow perch out there for both commercial and sport anglers to share. Um, and these yellow perch grow quickly and they don't live very long. So um, we, we definitely like to see um, folks out there utilizing these fish and putting them to good use and providing some opportunities for some safe uh, protein for people to eat. There you go. A little more information on that Friday night fish fry you enjoy with Tammy Paoli, DNR fish biologist in Peshtigo, Wisconsin. I'm Pam Yonke. Thanks, Pam. And everybody, as you know, with delicious Friday night fish fry comes some good conversations around the table. And I've got something for you that you'll want to add to your table talk. It's a first-of-its-kind farmer-led sustainability initiative. This initiative empowers dairy producers to know and easily understand the environmental footprint of their farm. This is important as we know it is tough to show how much progress you've made at something without having a starting point or really a scale of even measuring that progress. That has proven to be a roadblock for those tasked with reducing the environmental impact of milk production. But the professional dairy producers provides a solution with that with their new initiative called Your Farm, Your Footprint. We've got more up on that next. And as always, if there's something you want to know more about, let us know by messaging our talk text line. You can message us at 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Stick around with me this Friday morning as you'll never know what you'll learn next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Picture this, you in a company vehicle traveling across the picturesque landscapes of southern Wisconsin and northern Illinois. Your mission? To provide top-notch service and installations of milking equipment. Tri-County Dairy Supply is on the lookout for dynamic service technicians to join their teams in Janesville and Watertown. If you've got experience in farming, electrical work, plumbing, welding, refrigeration, or maintenance, send your resumes to tricountydairy at tds.net or apply in person in Janesville. Must have a valid driver's license. Don't miss this opportunity. So I became a Farm Bureau member almost 20 years ago to be part of the state's largest ag advocacy group. Plenty of opportunities within Farm Bureau for somebody that's involved in agriculture, whether to grow their leadership or to help be a leader in an industry that we have a great passion for. 
WFBF.com. It really helped my leadership develop. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. At Blaine's Farm and Fleet, we get you what you need because we get you. Which is why during spring chick days, you'll find everything you need to bring baby chicks home and keep them happy and healthy. Like little giant plastic jar feeders or feed and water bases. Buy one, get one half off. Prevent spring flooding with assorted DeWalt sump pumps, $20 off. Plus, knock out projects with two packs of DeWalt 20-volt 4-amp batteries, $129. We get you what you need because we get you at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Innovation, that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDanceVet.com. Innovation. Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Charity Seebecker joining you on this Friday morning. It's tough to show how much progress you've made at something without having a starting point or really a scale of measurement. That has been proven to be a roadblock for those who have been tasked with reducing the environmental impact of milk production. Professional Dairy Producers provides a solution with their new initiative called Your Farm, Your Footprint. Through this program, farmers will have the opportunity to understand and improve their carbon footprint, ultimately leading the charge towards a more sustainable future for the dairy industry. Shelley Mayer, Executive Director of Professional Dairy Producers, says this initiative is led by dairy farmers for dairy farmers. It gives us as a dairy community to be empowered to not just be part of the sustainability discussion, but to take a lead on it. Our belief is that dairy farmers that we all have an opportunity to know and work with are sustainable and probably the most sustainable food producers in the world. And we're willing to be better, but we cannot be as powerful players in the food system without knowing what our current number is now today. So can you take me through how it'll actually work? Take me through, I guess I'm a farmer, now what? As a dairy farmer, there's a third-party group that can take a lot of the information that you already have, your nutrient management numbers, your crop yields, your farm production, common numbers that you manage all the time, and they will be able to plug those numbers in, and it utilizes common programs that you'll hear of out there, like Farm ES and Comet and the Cool Farm Tool. And it allows you to take all of those statistics that you would already have at your fingertips and then it gives to you what is your carbon footprint. You know, we're all looking for ways that we can always be improving. I mean, that's what dairy farmers do every single day. It's kind of like if you don't know your cost of production, it's really hard to do risk management. So that's number one. Number two, the uniqueness of this is, first of all, it's led by dairy farmers. Secondly, by participating when a farmer signs up for this program, You'll also have an opportunity to opt into a peer group. So while you don't have to share your footprint number with anybody else, it's your opportunity to engage in a peer group program that puts you with fellow dairy farmers that are sharing what they're doing on their farms, you know, what they're doing as far as is it cover crops or on yields and soil health and how much water they're using, just practices that you know how we all are as dairy farmers. We figure our way out. We're great at creating solutions. 
the peer groups will allow producers to share some of those things. So really we're to the model of professional producers has always been where we help each other improve. So then what is next for farmers? What do they have to start doing moving forward to get involved or take me through the next steps now that this is happening? The first thing that you can do is you can go to the Professional Dairy Producers website and right on the home page you will see a logo that says Your Farm, Your Footprint. Click on that and you can read about the initiative and how it works and then you can sign up to be a part of it. And one of the parts is that there is a cost share grant available that helps offset up to the first 500 acres that you have, helps offset a majority of the cost that would have been affiliated with discovering your number. And then once you're signed up, then there's the data that is collected that you would provide the third-party confidential provider. And then after about, on average, 45 business days, expect that you will get a report. And in that report, it'll share where you're at right now as far as your carbon footprint and your methane emissions. And then with that will be some, you know, ideas or possible things for you to consider that may improve that number. That was Shelly Meyer, Executive Director of Professional Dairy Producers. She added that as dairy producers, they work every day to achieve sustainable milk production. But when it comes to demonstrating progress, the industry has been handicapped by the absence of those standardized metrics. She says your farm, your footprint fills that gap. You can hear my full interview with Shelly at MidwestFarmReport.com. Thanks for hanging out with me this morning, everybody. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Have you heard about our Rejuvenation Clinic Body Suite? If not, now is the time to learn more. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Non-surgical aesthetic body treatments have progressed greatly in the last 10 years. We are proud to offer the best devices on the market that deliver incredible results. MSculpt Neo treats unwanted body fat and builds.